Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Digital Digital Get Down. Woohoo! Our third guest is saying hello. Our third host, I mean. Uh, our permanent guest, you could say. Yeah. In residence. Yes. <laughs> uh, for the first time in a long time, we are back with wine. This is true. I have time for a couple of sips before I need to feed this little baby again. So we are drinking a bottle of premium Target wine. Yep. A Sauvignon Blanc from Marlboro, New Zealand. <laughs> I'm lulling into sleep, I it's promise. It's not working well. Uh, do you want me to do my couple intro things first? Sure, babe. Okay. You feeling tipsy? Uh, a little bit. I've had like three oh, sips. Oh, boy. Told you that was all I was gonna be able to handle. See, now you're like me. You're, you've become a lightweight, just like I did. The cheapest of possible dates. You just had a nine-month fattening, and uh, I'm saying in terms of your weight gain and then weight loss. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So we. <laughs> we Are you yodeling now? <laughs> we accidentally kept up with, almost kept up with pop culture news, and. And binge watch Cheer this week. This is this happened. Yep. Are we going to talk about that in another episode? You said you wanted to. Okay, we'll save it, I guess. Yeah. But just a teaser. Yeah. Uh, like, like that was like the hot show to watch this week, right? I think so. Everyone was like excited about some of them being at the Emmys and stuff. Mm, okay. I don't know. So maybe we're a little bit behind, but. Mm. Um, the other one we started that we're definitely behind pop culturally is Mandalorian. Yes. Because our Disney Plus uh, free trial is running out. Yep, we got about six days and six episodes left. Yeah, so we're going to have some hot takes afterwards. Yeah. Um, the other one that I watched, once again, just a little bit behind, like a week uh-huh. or so behind, to all the boys I've loved before. P.S. I Still Love You. Yep. The longest That's a long title and Netflix sequel. Netflix title, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was fine. Okay. I don't know. Thanks for that review. I haven't read the books. I'm afraid that if I were to read the books, they'd be a little too YA for me at this point. Mm. Like, they just seem... She's, like, quintessential YA protagonist who, like, has cute outfits all the time and, yeah. like, bakes complicated things. And at this point, and, like, you're Sarah Dessner bust when it comes to that stuff. A little bit. You don't have a lot of time for the general YA. No, not that type of really kind of cliche. And maybe I'm judging the books too harshly because I've seen mm. a lot of people on Bookstagram, even, like, people my age or older that have read the books and enjoyed them. So... Yeah. Maybe I'm just judging it too harshly, but I also don't read very much these days, so it's true. It's not not high priority. I tried to read an African American author in honor of Black History Month. What was it intentional or was it accidental? And then I pointed out that it was Black History Month. Um. Anyways, means you read them year round. It wasn't a gimmick. Yeah, got it. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't do it on purpose. That's a good thing you're saying. Yeah, I'm oh, saying that you okay. you picked. I win. You picked it without being like, I'm a good white person. I, solved, I will read a black I author. I solved yeah. racism. <laughs> Um, it was the newest Colson Whitehead called the Nickel Boys, meaning, uh, from Underground Railroad right. fame. Yes. Uh, not a good book, though. Okay. Unfortunately. And the pe- comparison I'm drawing, just in terms of the reviews it gets, uh, was, would be Tommy Orange's, uh, They're Yikes. There from last year. That which bad? I ranted about. Just very similar in that all the reviews were like, wow, what a poignant, like, violent story that was really 
challenging and difficult to read. And then like all the reviews go in and are like, I don't really know anything that happened in the book or understood any of the characters or felt any connection, but I know it was an important book because it was about, about prejudice and segregation. And so I respect the thematic subject material, but... It still has to be a book. Correct. And it was sort of based on a, a true story about this um, academy in Florida uh, for, like, youths, like, almost like a juvenile academy. Yeah. Um, and it would have been better if it was just, like, a nonfiction account. For some reason, it just did not like work fictionalizing it as a fictionalization. Yeah. Um, the epilogue was actually the best part of the book. It has a twist that kind of changes the whole rest of the story, plus it kind of, like, summarizes everything and gets you into, like... Um, understanding the scope of segregation. So I found that interesting because the Tommy Orange book, the prologue was the only part I enjoyed. And in this book, it was the epilogue, the only thing I enjoyed. Do you think that sometimes that's a little bit of a cop-out, though? Like, like a, for example, like a movie like Ocean's Eleven, uh-huh. where at the end, you're like, oh, now it all makes sense, but you have to sit through like an hour and a half of oh, it yeah. not making sense? Is that similar you know, this thing where was, it's like... This was on par with uh, Us, Okay. In terms of the twist at the end, where it changes who you thought was who. But then it, you would have to rewatch or reread, and it's not worth it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was like, okay, I understand why I did not think this character made any sense all along, but that does not, you know, evoke any sort of sympathy or connection to that character. It just makes me go, I'm glad I wasn't crazy for thinking it didn't make any sense before. Um. So, other big news for us is that I migrated us off of comcast cable right we're now youtube tv subscribers as of like a week ago uh so we're getting all of our live channels through that um biggest thing we've discovered is like some fun cooking things i like motherhood has turned me into like a weird person number Mm. one i now wear socks to bed a lot which is really uncomfortable for me because i used to be very concerning to me I used to be very anti-socks in bed Mm -hmm. i think it's because i have to get up in the middle of the night and feed him a lot and it makes oh, yeah. my feet cold. Especially um, in winter, yeah. But I've also started enjoying a lot of nature shows. Yeah, so this is like the strangest thing. So <laughs> so Heather, uh, who's one of our hosts, this is Heather, by the I way. I used to watch a lot of nature shows with my parents. We used to watch Animal Planet all the time. Oh, I know that. Steve Irwin. But like, so Heather is like, is a pretty reliable second screener, meaning she needs to have her phone or her iPad. I cannot single task. Correct, with TV. Yeah. Um... Certain shows you will hardcore watch, and that's that's a a point to a show for me. Oh right. If I'm if it keeps my attention enough that I don't need right. to be playing a game on my phone. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, the the sweet sounds of David Attenborough just like rivets you to the TV. But it didn't used to. Like, I'll like try like... to go to the bathroom or something. You'll be like, oh my god, come back, come back, rewind, rewind. I rewind nature shows recently. Wow. I have. I think it's because I'm constantly like. The baby is kind of my second screen. That's true. Like, if I'm taking care of the baby, I don't... Yeah. Like, it's too many things to look at my phone yeah, and no, take care I'm of the baby. I'm happy to in. watch junk TV when, when he's lying around, for sure. Um, so I've been watching a lot of nature shows and enjoying yeah. them. And I've also been started watching... Food Network still sucks, but Taste Made, this, yes. like, s- half YouTube, like, just pure YouTube channel and half, like, real Food Network. But it has, like, I like that Vietnamese one that actually had a Vietnamese person hosting it. Yeah. Um, was that the channel Nadia was on, too? Yeah. 
Great British Bake Off, Nadia. Who they I just adored. gave all these cool people shows, which is awesome. A lot of stuff that I was like, you need to make me that immediately. Yeah. I like that little short one that's like, what to have for dinner tonight or whatever. Yeah. Where it was make like. Make this tonight. Yeah. And like yeah. the one that was the, the Italian meal that looked amazing. Mm-hmm. To make the pizza in the saucepan. Yeah. I mean. Uh, oh, that guy who used like an entire liter of olive oil to make one small pizza. Mediterranean one, cooking. One salad. And he used half of the oil for his croutons. Looks amazing. <laughs> So that's been fun and i still am a little confused about the interface but the thing i like the most that was the selling point that you forgot to tell me yeah is pick up watching like pick up where you left yeah off. i'm I fucking torn love about it. it fucking love it i'm torn about it because as i'm sure i've said on the podcast before like i don't think i could survive without access to live tv like i know in terms of quantity there's plenty of content on Netflix and Hulu and HBO to like fill my TV watching time but I do not always want to have to be making a conscious decision of I'm going to watch this show for 30 minutes I liked or 60 it. minutes I liked it because there was one time when I was here with the baby and nothing was on and I was like oh I just want to watch something for like a half an hour yeah. and I like accidentally flipped back to that part of the guide I was like oh my god I can pick up watching that movie I was watching the other night and just watch a little bit more of it so to explain what we're talking about YouTube TV has this concept of unlimited DVR. It's so, all fake. It just shows that oh, all, absolutely all cable is. and TV channels are fake. It's Yeah, it's depressing when you realize that. So basically, they will let you watch any show that's been televised within the last nine months. Because in theory, it is in its catalog, so it's technically recorded and you can watch it. And so, right, if you pretty much start any show, you can then be prompted to finish it at a later point in time. Especially good for movies when you're just kind of like half watching a movie. Like Thor Ragnarok was on, and that's just a good background movie. And but you then, can how do you pick? You want to go back to where you left off, or you yeah. just want to see a random part? Back to where I left off because it doesn't matter. Hmm. Okay. And it's like I vaguely remember where I left off, so I don't have to start over or pick a random spot. Yeah. But it's just like, oh yeah, and you just put it back on, and then when you're done, you just change your channel two things we stumbled into that don't require full segments number one would be the movie keeping up with the joneses oh yeah that was um it was the first thing i recorded because i was like we watched five minutes of this movie it seemed like it might have a few funny jokes so i was like what the heck i'll add it to the collection it was like a solid like b comedy b level comedy you had galifianakis doing his shtick yeah as but in like dad form which was kind of is the fisher yeah. In mom form. Correct. Gal Gadot um, just being a hot Wonder Woman without the superhero. First time that I've actually been powers. attracted to her. I've never quite gotten the... She had the James Bond, James Bond vibe in this movie. Oh, absolutely. She's like very competent super spy. Yeah. And just like competency hot. Yeah. You know? And apparently John Hamm had a, had a few weeks in between his uh, rehab outings to, to film his scenes at least. Um, it was watchable. It was definitely watchable. It's highly watchable for yeah. parents who haven't had a lot of sleep and wanted a movie that was easy to follow and had some jokes to laugh at. There you go. It's the little things. Um, we also watched The Lorax today. We did watch that Which today. is a very interesting, like, I think they should study it in, like, film school. I because the first, do like, a full segment on this. Yeah. Because, like, the first but... 30 minutes are, like, pretty good. Yeah. Like, really good. Today we were watching, we were like, why didn't we like this the first time? Remember watching... seeing it in theaters and walking out and being really just indifferent to it kind of yeah and then like the first 30 minutes are like really tight and really like well plotted Mm -hmm. and um and then yeah it goes to shit the musical numbers were really aggressive yeah 
um, the capitalistic allegory was like so over the top that it was like painful to watch. Right, you pointed that out. I mean, like an allegory is is supposed to be like full of symbols. In this case, it was just like capitalism is bad. Here's a right. catchy song about how capitalism is bad. Yeah, the way I describe it is that it's the part of Wally that you didn't need to see. Yeah, like. The Lorax movie was telling you how we got to the point where humans had to be in outer space, just fat blobs with no uh, plants or anything. Mm -hmm. And this is the story in between of, like, the plants dying out. And it's like, yep, we know humans are terrible. We know capitalism is going to bring about the end of the world. But my problem is that it didn't give a solution. No. The ending is very patchwork. Yeah. Pa- oh yeah, we're doing a, like, we're doing together. a we're doing a Doctor Seuss kids movie. We just have to really have a happy ending. Tie and a neat bow at the end. Everyone just goes with the kid, and they don't because there's as long as there's one tree on Earth, everything will be fine. As one person cares, you can convince everyone for no reason. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. So that was our afternoon. Okay, we're gonna go into some good news, bad news, and good news and bad news. Here we go. I might need to like. Um, Rapid fire, lightning round. Lightning round, my good news is. Okay. You want me to set like a timer? No. Ready, set, go. First black female NFL coach. Okay. First black female NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't write down her name and now I feel bad about it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to Google her name so you can go next. Um. Oh, I only have one of each. My good news is um the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Haven't seen it. Might not ever see it. But I'm just glad that the internet got kind of told to shut up because of how crazy the initial reaction was to that trailer and now people Mm -hmm. are saying it's not a great movie but it like made a ton of money and i'm just like ha ha the internet can't kill any can't kill everything that it tries to kill so that's my weird happy news i guess so the redskins jennifer king can't say redskins the washington team washington football team yeah she is nfl's first black female full year coach Interesting, because, yeah, that whole ownership group is n- has not had a great track record. You remember when we were watching uh, the Vic documentary, and there was mm-hmm. that old white man talking about yes. that's the current owner's, like, dad or Got something. It. Interesting. Um, Sounds like a PR move, but... Possibly, yeah. but in other news, another racist football team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Just became Super Bowl champs. You, uh, mm-hmm. One of the players got over a hundred dogs adopted after the Super Bowl win. He said if he won, he would like pay the adoption fees of the shelter dogs. Uh-huh. So he paid like basically like donated to the shelter, so all, any dog would be free if someone wanted to adopt them. Uh-huh. And he got all of their dogs adopted. You start off by saying the next racist NFL team, the Chiefs. He said I couldn't say Redskins. Oh, got it. That kind of racism. Got it. Okay. <laughs> That's the end of the story. <laughs> okay. Um, Derek Nady, uh-huh. defensive tackle, sure. covered the adoption fees for over 100 dogs. Good for him. It's nice. What else you got? Um, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade. Mm. They're, one of their children is trans. Yep. And they're like just being very, very supportive and very outspoken mm-hmm. in support of their daughter, Zaya. And I think that's really nice, especially in the black community, mm-hmm. to have... Famous black athletes, actors, whoever, supporting their kid who's in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that transgender is one of the harder things to accept 
for most people to accept in, the sure. LGBT, in terms of LGBT. General public, yeah. Yeah. People don't understand it. They're confused by it. They're maybe threatened by it. So it's really yeah. nice to have a very public showing of support. That's true. And a very supportive black family. Mm-hmm. That's saying we're going to love our kids no matter what, and we're going to support them and how, whatever makes them happy. Just yeah. Really- and again, a note for our audience. These groans you hear in the background, we are not watching porn. I promise. It's our baby. Not yet. <laughs> um, the night is young. <laughs> and I've had three sips of wine. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> um, I should have stuck this with the dog part, but mm. I saw a just very cute, wholesome, unimportant story about a dad who made, you know, like a little free book library. He yes. made a little free stick library for dogs at a park. He noticed oh, there weren't any God. good sticks, so he cut up a bunch of sticks and made a little box for them. There you go. So cute. Uh, I have two other good newses. Do you uh-huh. want to share? Did you want to share yours? Yeah, didn't really have any. Okay. Um, I saw a news article that uh, as part of the new trade agreements between the UK and the EU, the that Greece is demanding back some of their artifacts that that uh, the you UK... You did get a kick out of this. You were giggling all day about it's it. It's funny. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, the UK was like, yes, we're free from the tyranny of the EU now. Right. And now they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because the British Library, British Museum, has a lot of artifacts from different countries that they've they've been caretakers for, a.k.a. they stole back when they colonialized all these countries. Oh, I've seen colonized. Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. I like, wasn't sure if that was the right oh, reference. Yeah. I, I got it. When they colonized all the countries, they yeah. took a lot of their art to keep it safe. Yeah. And now Greece is the first of the countries like demanding their stuff back. So uh, maybe Greece has some sort of powerful element growing beneath their land. Just like Wakanda. Oh, I did not know where you were going with that. <laughs> um, I think more than anything, it's just setting a precedent of like, of like, yeah, give us our shit back. Like, mm-hmm. you can't say that Greece doesn't have the proper infrastructure. Like, they have some of the best historical museums and things in the world, you would mm-hmm. think. Um, and supposedly, I didn't realize this. Also have, on the edge of bankruptcy, I believe, but. I have been. Maybe to, they're just trying to bring them to a pawn shop, maybe. these items. Uh, I have been to Greece, but I didn't have very much time to go to the museums and things in Athens. No. Um, did you puke on a bus, though? I did. Okay. Uh, I, I very much did. <laughs> um, supposedly, their museums like have blanks, like blank spaces and things. Interesting. Of st- negative of, space. Yeah, of mm. artifacts that like they're waiting to get returned to them. So they're making it a non-negotiable part of this trade negotiation that they get their shit back from from Britain. And the quote from the British Museum was like, "This is exactly what we were hoping not to happen." Huh. So. Okay. Glad um, that's one of your good news. The last one is a shared good news. Okay. We watched that like first date presses right episode, and I'm oh, really yeah, tickled by ju- it. Oh yeah, you did jot this down. Yeah. Um, I used to watch Price and R- Prices Right as a young lad. I was I like s- really into it. I said that to the baby when I heard you watching it the other day. I said, "What is this? A sick day in 2000?" Yeah, no. Yeah, that was exactly what what it beckoned back to. Um, and so yeah, we've had a couple of work at home days due to weather and other factors here, and so. I don't know, I can't make it through a whole episode necessarily, but like a few segments is worthwhile, especially because of how much we buy of household goods now. Like it it feels like we're right, and we just went car shopping too, so I felt very confident about all my car information. I still would fail all of them. Um, But yeah, I turned it on for the Showcase Showdown. I hadn't watched Prices Right in years, and we probably watched like the best Showcase Showdown of all time. Yep. Um, two people, looking back on it, I was like, wait, it's supposed to be one person 
at a showcase showdown. So it must have been like a couples edition or something. And it was these... Probably the Valentine's Day episode, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Wasn't it last week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, they claimed to be on their first date and they won. Cars, and they won was it? the best possible prize for their first date because it was like a his and hers package. Yeah. So it was like his and hers, like designer clothes, his and hers, like luggage set or something yeah. else. And like then his and hers cars. Matching cars, yeah. So it was the, the other one was like all these trips and they were like, we're going to pass. <laughs> a big commitment. Uh, it was like a living room, like a house, like a living room set and yeah. a trip. And they're like, we'll pass on this showcase, mm. Drew. And then the one they got, they each won a car. Yeah, there's nothing better than watching someone who you know has no interest in the prizes they've just announced. Like, either have to bid on it or, like, try to be nicely, like, I'm going to pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's been fun. There you go. You can tell we don't get wow, out Wow, it's sad life. Yeah, that's okay. We're happy. We need to get to more breweries. Our baby is cute. Um, bad news is? Sure. Uh, do you have a bad news or do you want me to go? Uh, his name is Roger Federer. He had knee surgery. Uh-oh. He's missing the clay season, which he almost always misses anyway, so he, he timed it. misses the clay timed season. Timed it pretty well. He always, like, mysteriously gets sick during the clay um, season, so he doesn't have to lose face to Rafa. Wow. Okay. So, yes, he's out for the foreseeable future. I hope he can and will retire before he is forced to. Mm, you want him to go on a high note? But he, like, can't do it right now. He was in, like, multiple finals yes. last year. Yeah. And I also need him to be healthy and come to Boston right. in September. Yeah. Labor Cup. We'll see. Hmm. Um, did you see that airplane seat video that was going around the internet? No. So it sparked a debate, but the hmm. video was really just like a guy borderline assaulting a woman on a plane. And there okay. was this debate about who was in the wrong. So You're obsessed with am I the asshole? Is this up that... Same and why the asshole of? makes me feel really good about our relationship and okay. our families. Okay. Because I read it and I'm like, wow, people really suck. Especially parenting. A lot of the ones are like dads who like can't take care of yeah. their kids and won't take care of their kids. And it's just like, how is how are there people out there like this? Yeah. this the story in my the asshole that, that I read yesterday was this woman had to like bake a cake for a family party. Mm-hmm. So her husband knew that she needed to bake the cake for this, like, family party they were going to. Okay. And decides he needs to go outside and, like, chop down a tree, even though she told him that she needed him to take care of the baby so she could bake a cake. Yeah. So the baby's crying, and she's, like, baking a cake while the baby's crying. And he's deforestating? Uh, whatever. Yeah, mm. he's just doing yard work. Voluntary sure. yard work. Okay. And then he comes in and gets frustrated at her that she's not ready to go for the party yet. So she's uh-huh. like, I just need a shower. I need a couple minutes. Mm. So she goes to take a shower and like five minutes into her shower he comes in and says, the baby won't stop crying. You need to take him. And she's like, I'm literally in the shower trying to get mm. ready. He wouldn't leave the bathroom. He held the crying baby in the bathroom until she got out of the shower so she could take the baby mm. and make him stop crying. And his excuse was, well, he probably just needs to eat and I can't feed him so it's not my fault that he's crying. This is setting a very low bar for me to... Such a low bar. It's ridiculous how low the bar is for, for, <laughs> for men to be parents. And there's so many like that. Where There's another one where, where the um, 
guy was quoted saying he just doesn't really like the baby stage so when the kid's like three or mm. four then he'll be more of an active parent okay but for now like women like just are better with babies yeah so she should do all the parenting until the I'll kid's check like back three. in in a couple of years yeah basically okay. yeah and like also the idea that like women are just naturally better with babies is such bullshit it's a learned thing like yeah. yes there is some maternal instinct for sure and mm-hmm. yes like I have milk and I smell like milk so maybe sometimes that's easier for him to calm down with sure. me but like just knowing how to calm down a random baby mm-hmm. is not something that women are born with there are plenty of mm-hmm. women that are not like baby people Whew. okay that's sorry bullshit. I got got you down that rant um, and don't even get me into some of the creepy pregnancy ones either. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, what was the original story? Oh, so this woman was in on an airplane. She right, right, this. right. Yeah. Um, you know how the back seats of airplanes don't always recline? Yes. So yeah, the yeah. back row. Right. Sorry. So she was in the second to back row and okay. reclined her seat. Yeah. And the guy sitting in the back behind her spent the whole plane ride punching the back of her seat uh-huh. because she reclined her seat. Must get painful after a while and she took a video of it and he was literally like reading on his phone and just punching the back of her seat with his hand and all the comments were like who's in the wrong here the woman for reclining the seat that she paid for or the man for punching her in the head for a whole flight yeah it's like excuse me yeah like a grown man could not have said excuse me ma'am like could you put your seat back up yeah and it shouldn't matter, but she explained that, like, she has back problems and, like... Oh, yeah, maybe we don't... Well, I don't even care about that. Um, but people were like, well, if there's a medical reason, like, I don't even care about that. No, they make it they make it possible to recline a seat. And, yes, every time someone in front of me does it, I go, oh, God. But it's not, you're not breaking any rules by using a seat as it's intended to be used. Yeah, and as an adult... Fucking ask her. If you really, really have a problem, say, excuse me, ma'am, like, I don't have a lot of space back here. Could you put your seat back up? Mm. Or ask the stewardess to move you. Or buck up and pay fucking $10 to choose your seat so you're not in the last row. Oh, shit. Bullshit. Premium economy, bitches. And a lot of people were pointing out, That's like... That's where it's at. A lot of people were pointing out, like, would he have done that to, like, a large dude? Hmm. Absolutely not. Got it. Like, he wasn't threatened, though. No, because he's like, this woman in front of me is invading on my space. How dare she? If it was, like, a dude in the in the, in the the seat in front of him, no way would he have done that. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. The idea that that's, like, this debate of who's in the wrong here, give me a fucking break. Okay. Um, another thing that's ridiculous is uh-huh. that there was a, a headline, a slightly misleading headline, when I went to read the article, but still, uh, the headline was Republicans think tampons need to be t- need to be taxed to limit women from buying too many. Hmm. As if like tampons were not taxed, women would be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy all the tampons." The only reason I didn't buy them before is because there was a tax on them. Uh, wh- why would you need to ration tampons? Why would they want people to not buy tampons? Uh, when you read further into it, there's like, I think it's Virginia, there was some state that has like a tax-free day as like a try and boost the economy day. Right. And most items that are usually are taxed are tax-free. Uh-huh. And they won't apply that to tampons because they're afraid that women will go out and buy too many tampons. Okay. If they're tax-free. Yeah, those things are addicting. Exactly. What the fuck? Man, always have a couple in your purse so that your your partner can rummage through it. Mm. I have a lot. Um, it keeps people from going through your purse, though. You hate going That's very true. The last one that I wanted to talk Wine about... Wine is putting me to sleep. Was, stay awake. Hmm. Um, I think it was New Hampshire, actually. It's not good. Was debating... It was like $8. That 
this was the more expensive bottle of the two that I bought. Mm. Um, New Hampshire, I think it was New Hampshire, was talking about putting a tax on fuel-efficient cars because they're not paying their portion of, like, the road and infrastructure upkeep if they're not buying gas. Right. Because when you buy gas, part of it goes towards keeping up oil companies yeah i don't i I don't know there's a little bit of a fuzzy logic yeah but why why would you make it harder and less enticing for people to get like electric or fuel efficient cars yeah that's bullshit that's just like that's just like being like oh they did a nicer thing than i did yeah so i just want to make life harder for them like what no, one no. of the big advantages, or one of the side advantages of buying a hybrid or an electric car is that you do get tax benefits from Correct. it. It's, they're supposed to incentivize it. So giving you a tax hmm. penalty yeah. because you're not helping the oil companies make money and you're not contributing to pollution? I don't understand. You still go through tolls. Right? Yeah. You still have to pay for your car registration. Man. Whatever. That's why you come here for loosely researched stories and some <laughs> lukewarm takes. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. All right, are we on to our segment? Is that the end of it? Sure. Do we need to break for an advertisement? Sure. 30 minutes in. Who should we advertise? Um, let me think. How about mm. Bookagit? Ah, great site. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. Renewed that domain for another year. I've gotten three emails from somebody asking me if I want to buy okdigits.com. Which I guess I appreciate, <laughs> but they were asking like a thousand dollars for it. Why? Um, That's not even connected to our. Yeah. People think if you mistype it, is it like a Google thing where like you want to own all of them? So like. Right. If people mistype if it. If you misspelled. Book. Oh, B O O K. I just got it <laughs> because you helped spell it out. So right, they're saying like if you. If you know how like if you go to goggle.com it goes to Google. Oh, I know, babe. I work in the tech industry. <laughs> There's actually a word for that. Uh, Search optimization. No, no, no. It's called... Um, uh, if you throw that out there, you got to know the word. Oh, it's called... It's not... It's a like a hijacking form of URL jacking or something. Okay. Um, sounds very sexual. Yeah, it sounds very sexual. But, right, you buy domain names that are misspellings of a popular one, just trying to get someone to accidentally go to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've written many articles on ehow.com about it. <laughs> That's how we fund our <laughs> side projects. That paid for our, our down payment on our home, Demand Studios. Yeah, much. right. Eh, not quite. Maybe it pays for the hosting for uh, this Definitely. podcast. No, I'm saying from the years when I would do it 40, 40 hours oh, okay. a week. Yeah. Um, hmm. Book digits. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a very good advertisement. Track all the books that you're not reading. Make it to, to read lists that you'll never get to. Uh, Man, see how how far behind your goal you are. And lots of other fun things. Free accounts. Yay. Hmm. Uh, Do you want to talk about the book that we're talking about today? I think we should talk about it. Usually when I want to do the book first, you want to do the TV Are we on the same page today? I don't know. Are we? Should we clink glasses? Cheers. Cheap wine glass sound. Oh, God. It's so bad. Such bad wine. Um, so because the children left the books, let's talk about the book. You forced me to read. And you gave it a higher grade than I did. Wow. The book is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins. That sounds right. Um, how drunk are you? You haven't had wine in like a year either. No. No, you have some wine in Europe. I abstained with you. 
I mostly abstained. Yeah. I mostly ate gazpacho and... So much gazpacho. So and, much cold, cold Anchovies soup. inside of In olives. In cans. Lots of canned fish. Um, so this is a book that we're very behind on once again. About half a year behind It's a on. book! I'm just saying in terms of the, pol- the, the zeitgeist, we're a little bit... Was it ever in? Yeah, last summer. It was like the... The book to read. The, read. the book to read. We went to, um... No, it's Foils? the same, yeah. We're at the same exact conversation we had last <laughs> week. Foils. What did I call it last week? Foils. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're drunk. Who's taking care of the baby tonight? Just kidding, I am. I've only had, like, well, I'm glad we circled one. back on that, because now we know the right name. Foils. Uh, so I got a signed, We got strawberry coke coming out of the tube. We did, and it was yeah. very refreshing. Mm-hmm. The red line in London, though, do not take. You almost died on that train. That's the one you couldn't breathe on, remember? No. Yeah, there's oh, no it was circulation. So hot. Yes, because they have no air, con- air yeah. conditioning in any of their trains. Air con, that's a throwback. Wow, I'll see, mate. Um, Good on you, mate. Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah, mate. I got it. I got like a special edition signed copy at Foils. It yeah. was one what of the was books. Special about I was, like the UK cover, like yeah, the okay. UK hardcover. Okay. It was one of the books that I. W- was looking to get in the UK because I liked their cover better. How come you wanted the book? Just because you had all, all your friends were talking about it. It was a bookstagrammy book. Okay. But I did like the cover. You want to take a picture? You, you want to take by. a picture with it? Did I even post a picture of it? See, and I, I did. Almost I did. wasn't going to read it because of the cover. Because of the title and the cover, I was like, the UK cover is so much better than the US cover. Have no, you no, seen no, the US I'm not cover? talking about. Whether the cover's good or not. I'm just like, the U.S. cover, I was like, eh. The U.K. Yeah. cover, I was like, They okay. both have the girl on them, don't they? Yeah, but do you know what the U.S. cover looks like? No, girl. It's so boring. But even the U.K. one, I was like, this girl on the cover looks like someone who I will not have any patience for. I will not understand. This is the U.S. cover. Yeah, I remember that one. I did not want to read it with the U.S. cover. This just one looks it's more- white? It just looked kind of boring. Yeah. Like, this one had the fun, like, 60s font and the colors right. that I was like, this seems kind of fun. The mm-hmm. other one, I was like, this looks like a boring folk singer Yeah, bio- Both memoir. of them, I thought, this book is not for me. But then you roped me in a couple different ways. I did. And mm. you ended up liking it more than I did. I really liked it. I think, I think the reason you liked it... Well, let's do a... I gave it an A-. minus. You gave first. it a B plus. Yeah. Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, it is... The first thing you will notice about it is that it is written as a, a fictional oh, um, oral history. Like long-form interview. Yeah, similar to, I think, World War Z. Never read it, but it's told as a oral history of the zombie, whatever, invasion. Um, so this book, Daisy Jones and the Six, um, you have a running commentary from all of the people in this band and all the people kind of related to the band. Except for Daisy. Daisy's talking all she the time. Talks. Yeah. Do you think she died? Who's the one that isn't in it? Nope, they're all in it. Are you sure? Yeah, babe. It's been a while since I read it. Wow, okay. I thought there was someone who, like, wasn't, didn't talk in it. Yeah, the like, the bassist at the very end. Okay, sorry. That was, like, one of the jokes. Well, spoiler alert, but, like, you assume everyone who doesn't talk but who is mentioned is dead, and then it's kind of funny because you get to the end and there's one quote from, like, the one guy in the band who no one even cared about, and he was like, yeah, I have nothing to say. And that was it. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, it tells the origins of a singer and a band and how they come together and how they fall apart. Um, and all the romance and sex and drugs in between. Very like 60s, 70s rock and roll. Right. Almost um, like Fleetwood Mac style. Sure. 
I've heard rumors. <laughs> that was a good pun. Was that meant to be a pun? I just meant the album name. Oh, yeah. I thought when you heard rumors <laughs> yeah. about that. Well, there's the whole Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks thing. Right, Lindsay's the guy, Stevie's the girl. That's not what I meant. But yeah, they yeah. like constantly were breaking up. I was up just and clarifying for the people out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically a music biopic, like in the vein of you know, not really walk the line, but that type of movie. But it's meant to be like a mockumentary. Like it. It's, yeah. It's one of those ones where you're like, wait a minute, do I need to Google if this was a real band that I just haven't heard of? Yeah. Like it's meant to be very hyper realistic. That's a good word for it. Uh, to the point where you're like, did this really happen? Mm-hmm. And I think the most impressive thing is like the the craft of it, which I don't often say the about craft books. of it, like the writing craft. Oh like yeah, no, how it's it fantastically executed. Yes. Yeah. Um, the opposite of the book you were talking about earlier. Correct. So I think that's maybe why you gave it a bit higher grade than I do, because mm, I think I, I appreciate it- that a little bit more. You think? I think I grade a little bit more emotionally than you do. I okay. think a lot of my grade ends up being like, at the end of the book, how did I feel about this book? Uh-huh. Like, did I feel like I really liked this book? Did I feel like I you cared about the characters? You have feelings at the end of books. Every single book I've ever Weird. read. Weird. If I don't have a feeling about it, it's likely that I either didn't finish or I'm going to give a very low grade. I can't if I tell you the, the, the last book that I had a feeling about. Like, none of your A's and A-pluses are books that, like... Uh, Overstory, sorry, I should say. Gotcha. A-pluses means I felt something. (laughs) A's means I almost felt something, and that's why, in this case, I gave it an A-minus. I was teetering between A-minus and A. And, yeah, like you said, the structure of it and the, the execution was phenomenal. The actual subject material was, like, kind of par for the course. Like, there wasn't anything super unique about it. Like, it was just a pure rock and roll, sex, drugs, romance, on and off again thing. So, that knocked it down to an A- minus for me. And that's why it's a B plus for me. Mm-hmm. Because I did think it was a very well-done story. It was, to me, I thought it was a unique uh, story in terms of, like, a fictional telling of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of like it tried so hard to be realistic mm-hmm. that... Uh, it did sometimes feel like you're just like reading an, a history of a real band, which is yeah. good and bad. It's yeah. good that she did it so well that it felt real, but also it's like she had to make it realistic in some ways that mm-hmm. took you a little bit out of like yeah. feeling a, a, fi- a fictional, like emotional fictional right. connection to the characters. Right. The thing I said in my um, review on Book Digits, Digits, first and foremost, was like the stupid advice of um, show don't tell. Like, this is a great example of how full of BS that is. If you do it right, telling can be very effective. Correct. This was all told in the past tense, all described through other people's words. Like, there were no no real scenes. It wasn't super cohesive. No, but you still knew what was happening. You still understood what characters were feeling in the moment. And it felt like there's no other way you could have told this story. There's Mm. a book I read recently that that was epistolary and i usually love epistolary books and it felt like such a waste of of an epistolary novel because Mm -hmm. the letters just were retellings of scenes yeah like the letter said remember the other day when this happens and just told the scene i call that the illuminae effect when they're like they got so clever with the uh the method that they were doing but they still had to describe scenes and they had to like 
invent new ways to do it. Yeah. This book, Daisy Jones, reminded me a little bit, not real any connection, but it reminded me of how I felt reading The Poet X. Okay. Where I was like, yes, the way you're telling this story, like you're not using regular prose, but I know exactly what's happening. Yeah, like it should almost be gimmicky or it should be like yeah. feeling like it's missing something and instead yeah. it adds something. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes that space of what you're not saying or the bits of the scenes that are missing, that's even trickier. Like it's easy to just write down, then they went to the store and then they picked sure. up this. Like it's harder to get your point across and get your emotions and your story across without over explaining things. Yeah. So like the... Sorry, this letter's so long, I didn't have time to write a shorter one. Yeah. I love that quote. I forget who it's by. But um, I think that concept showed a lot in this book, too, of, like, she managed to tell the story better by having it be with, like, a thousand different narrators and different chunks of it. Yeah. Then I don't think this book would have been as popular if she just told a straight fictional narrative. It wouldn't have worked. No, you would have been like, yeah, so it's about a fictional rock band. What's the the hook? Why? Why do we care? What's the hook, exactly? Um, I'd love to, like, know... Maybe I just haven't read enough, um, like, interviews and stuff Uh about it, but I'd love to know if the idea or the concept came Mm -hmm. first. I bet it was the concept. You think? I bet. It would just be interesting to know if she, like, had this idea for this fictional rock band and, like, started to write it and was kind of like, ugh... Or if she, possible, or if she had this, like interview idea, and then tried to find a, a an a interview concept and yeah. tried to find an idea to fit within it. I hear you. Or a little of both. I mean, it could have just been. Must have taken altogether, a great deal of editing and planning. And just like the storyboard, I'm picturing right. of like yeah. what stories to tell and who's telling and which who's bit telling and which, who's present at which point, and who's, how to keep the voices for all of them different. Yeah, which it you know it you have did. the person speaking you know. Their name appears before every line, but... But sometimes, you yeah. sometimes, especially for someone who reads kind of quickly, like I do, sometimes I get confused with books like that because I'm not reading that carefully of who's talking. Yeah. And for the most part, I, I definitely got confused with some of like the side band mates. Yeah. But it's not that They important. all kind of blend together. But it's not that important not to the story, as long no. as you know the couple of main players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's very worth reading just to see how well she executes this concept of the kind of long form interview also the fact that it's a book about music which is one thing that i always like kind of shy away from where it's like music industry or like old hollywood like i'm just talking about like the craft of music like in words like it's it's the worst way to try to describe music is with words um no music and i found it kind of funny because as they were describing different songs um you know, as they were writing them or performing them, like the lyrics, the little like a uh, couple lines of lyrics she would give, I'd be like, wow, that's really good. Then she printed all of the songs that she quote unquote wrote at the end. And I was like, wow, they're just like really bad poems, which maybe yeah. was part of the, the, the thing, but I was like... But it also gives them more context. When you read them just out of nothing, you're like, wow, that's just kind of like a shitty love song. But when you put it in yeah. the moment, it's so dramatic, like the way yeah. that she... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in the moment, it was great. And then I wouldn't have even, if I was her, I wouldn't have even included them at the end. Because I I just read them as like a poem. And I was like, I don't really remember what scene this was. What the context was within their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I'm being nitpicky. Um, Anyways. Okay, our third host is at risk of waking up any moment. So we got to keep this moving. All right, so we are talking about The Witcher. Toss a coin to your witcher. Not the video game, so we can't do our Are uh, You a Witcher? Mm. Does not apply. No. Kind of applies. Yeah. Um, we're doing the TV show. 
He's still Dandelion to me. I don't care what his Polish name is. <laughs> um, Askier. Jaskier. Jaskier. How do you say it? He said Jaskier. Um, so we were talking about the Witcher TV show on... What is TV anymore? The Witcher on show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were quibbling with a TV part? It's not a TV show. Got it's it. It's not on TV. Okay. okay. Um, so we, no. as as all of you loyal listeners know, have played the Witcher video Put game. Put a good, like, 60 3, hours into it. The Wild Hunt or Look whatever. at you. Right? Is that right? Yeah, you got it all. Um, but a long time into it, I kind of maybe surprisingly liked the game. Yeah, I thought you would like it. I didn't think you would want to play it. I thought you would want to watch me play it. It's such a good button mashing game, though. That's true. You know my favorite games are ones where I can mash buttons and still accomplish tasks? Yeah. Um, Spider-Man game, not so good for that. Yeah. We're talking about the TV show, though. Um, I'm giving them good context. <laughs> the Witcher video game, pretty good for that. Once yeah. you have, like, the good weapons... You love fucking blazing people is really yes. what you want to Setting say. Setting everyone on fire. Yeah. Such a good, like, cheat code, kind of, of, like, I'm losing this fight, I'm just gonna fucking fireball everybody yeah. around me. Anyways. And you devolved from being a quest person to being a, I'm gonna run around and find all the... There's so much the loot inconsequential to find. things. So much loot to find, oh and I God. never had enough saddlebag space for oh it. That would have been the cheat code I needed, like, the Rosebud star 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 cheat code for this video game. It would have been, like, infinite uh, space in my saddlebags. Yeah. Like, the only time I've thought you were close to divorcing me was, like, when we found out I had, like larger saddlebags like in our inventory or something yeah, and just wasn't using just wasn't them using them properly we're not the best at like yeah. crafting things and like oh no crafting is terrible and shit that would have been great if in this tv series at some point he was like weaving roach was like what the fuck Geralt? like why do you have me carrying all this shit do you need 12 swords I right just, now no, i just want to picture him sitting on the ground like weaving a new <laughs> a new bag or like doing some like potions going yeah. out to pick flowers to make a potion yeah um anyways we were talking about the tv show yeah which uh which, it's important that we talk about the video game because it was very faithful to the video game. Neither of us... You've read... You said it was? I thought it Everyone's was. Everyone's warning ahead of time was that this is based on the series, which the game is also based on, but I it doesn't mean the they're equal. Care For the most part, the characters, especially Geralt's character, yeah. was faithful to the video game. Correct. I have not read any of the books. You've read a set of the short stories, I read stories, the first... Correct? Like, the first very short stories, yeah. Um... So I found I was just very tickled by the fact that Geralt was exactly the same as the video game, and yeah, Cavill was getting shit like ahead of time. They're like, why did they cast him? You know, he can't be what Superman. What, yeah, what a bad wig! Like he was phenomenal. He was exactly what Geralt is supposed to be. Yeah, and to do that voice day in and day out on yes. that. Oh my god! And just the mannerisms and just the yeah. blase, blase, like yeah. Uh, brooding. Yeah, just fuck just like yeah. Geralt just like not caring about things and then realizing he does care yeah. he did such a good job with that and it's um it must have been fun for him to prepare for that role because I'm sure he just played like fucking a thousand hours of the video game true to get the like the voices right and yep. the intonation and everything was spot fucking on yeah I thought his voice was the voice of the video game honestly that's, that's how spot funny. on it was hmm. um so I thought that aspect was as people who play the video game was really fun to watch yeah. how things are the same the, just the other day, I saw the internet find out about the Roach situation and, like, lose their shit over that it. That all of his horses are named Roach? Because someone was like, that's, like, a really long time for one horse to live. <laughs> and then they, like, tw uh, uh, um, they, like tweeted themselves. Yeah. We're like, okay, I just found out in the books that it clarifies that he just names every horse Roach yeah. so he doesn't have to remember a new horse's <laughs> name. Uh, 
so I almost felt like I like knew stuff because I played the video game. Oh yeah, no, I felt very special watching it. I kept asking you for some help with the plots though, because a lot of the plots were uh, part of what you played in the video the game. The monster of the week parts were, yeah. And I did not, I did not play the whole video game. You played a good chunk of it without me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I would just jump in and like just you know kill some monsters or whatever. Yeah. Or do a little side quest or something. So I did not follow the main plot about. Nilfgaard very yeah. much and like the different monsters of the week like I didn't always remember them because if I didn't play that segment of the game yeah. then I had no recollection we were also mm-hmm. very confused about Yennefer mm-hmm. and whether Siri was her spoiler alert whether right. Siri was her child or not because yeah playing The Witcher 3 and never playing any of the other games and never uh, reading any of the other books like, every time Yen and Geralt get together in the game, they both talk about Ciri like they're, like she's their child, but neither of them ever refer to themselves as a parent. Um, so I, I knew that they were kind of like guardians, but I didn't know the whole backstory. I, from the limited amount that I played the game slash paid attention to the plot, I thought that Yennefer was Ciri's mom, and then Geralt was like a stepdad situation. Yeah. Which is kind of how it's played off in parts of the game mm-hmm. but in so i was like waiting for my i was waiting for that to happen in the tv but i was just incorrect about that i was yeah. false about that so mm-hmm. that was one place that like it kind of confused me yeah because i thought i knew something about it and i right. was incorrect about how i had interpreted it in the video yeah. game um if you have no concept of the witcher basically he is uh, like a mage uh, uh he's a mercenary yeah i don't know what a mage is okay. Carol's not a mage he's magic yeah he's a witcher Okay, I'm sorry. Geralt has some magical powers, Correct. but he is not a mage. Uh, he is more of like a, a arms for hire. Yeah, mercenary. That's what. Yeah, I said, like yeah. a mercenary right. who has some magical abilities. Correct. He's like been super bred strength. for it. Is the he has like super strength? They gave him and... a fucking backstory in the last episode. Yeah, we didn't need the that. Mom and all that shit. Oh like, my god. Whatever. The whole thing about Geralt is he's just supposed to be like, I'm just gonna go. I don't take sides. I just fight evil right. when I so see. So witchers it and... have like yeah, they have like altered biology. To give them special powers. I can see why people compared it to The Mandalorian. We've just started The Mandalorian. Oh, man. I can see why people compared it in terms of, like... The Mandalorian is a poor man's witcher on in Star Wars. Witcher yeah. in space. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, the guild and the rules yeah. and stuff reminded me a little bit of the witcher stuff. Um, so he basically just goes around and, like, kills monsters. Right. And he has no politics, which is why I, l- I like the game and I think I like the show because you do have all of these events circulating you love when things are going on in the background but you don't have to pay that much yes. attention to them <laughs> thank you so his whole thing is he goes around and like basically people can pay him to get rid of yeah. some problems they have usually like supernatural monsters and things right. but he intentionally says like i'm don't get involved in political steer for the coin basically but obviously of course he does end up getting way too entangled in all yeah. of these politics and the different royal families and things like that and um, the biggest way through the law of surprise. Law of surprise, which was I did not know of from the game, and it's like the dumbest Isn't thing it in like the an world. Old medieval thing, though, I wouldn't Probably. be surprised. Basically, if like you do like a favor for someone, and instead of like paying the person, they can claim the law of surprise. So that which you have but do not know. Yeah. So if you go back and you find out that like you had some like inheritance from someone, yeah. you'd have to pay them. Or if you find out that like your dog had puppies, you'd have to give them a puppy. But who who decides what was classifies? But in this case, the law of surprise seems means, to be a lot of children. A lot of children surprise, getting surprised. I'm pregnant now. You have that you own my baby Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Um. So 
Yeah, the the entire plot of the the eight episode TV show like hinges on the law of surprise yeah. a little too much and, maybe. Well, it hinges more on like this concept of destiny. Yeah, uh, and the way that the author has mm, described don't love destiny a prophecy. Yeah, in that like you can't escape it. Like no matter what you try to do, if you are destined to be with someone or have something happen, mm-hmm. you can't really outrun it. And it's all going to come back to it anyway. And if you do try to outrun it, it makes it worse yeah. than if you had just gone with it in the first place. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to give away too much more of the plot, yeah. I guess, especially since it is a little monster of the week It is, um, yeah. And some of them are more interesting than others. Um, I think the big thing in terms of this show is about the the timeline, which is oh, yeah. very confusing if you're... Even if you know who is who and who connects to who. But like, I, If you're coming to this show with no previous knowledge, I it would be tough to stick with it, I think, honestly. I guess, and I did hear some people complaining about it, but honestly, as we've talked about, I'm, like, a half-watcher a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. and I figured out the timeline by, like, the beginning of episode two. I was like, oh, I get it, this, this, and this. I kind of like that they didn't tell you outright, like... It's more interesting. (laughs) I think back to the night before Christmas when they were like, this is 1600s, this is 2019. It's like, no, no, we we got that. We got it, yeah. (laughs) It's like a medieval castle. We know this is not Ohio 2016 or whatever. Um, Yeah, or like in in Ohio, yeah. Like, don't assume that your viewers are dumb. Like, you can test them a bit. And like, part of it is meant to keep you on your toes a little bit and be like, wait, is this happening at the same time? Is it not? Like, you don't always have to spell everything out for everybody. So yeah, there's a lot of it's a very origin-heavy series, because um, obviously you actually learn you actually learn the least about Geralt probably of all the characters. Had the Geralt, the bullshit Geralt of being abandoned by my parents. Correct already in too. episode two or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Geralt, you don't really need the backstory for, but you get a lot of Yennefer in terms of her origin. You yep. get a lot of Ciri in her origin. Yep. I could have um, done with a little less Yennefer. Yeah, I know what you mean. A little less. I didn't want more of Geralt backstory, mm. but there was a couple episodes where they really pushed Yennefer used to be ugly and deformed. Like, Correct. And I, I understand that the point that they're trying to make eventually is that, like, even if you become beautiful and powerful, if you're still, like, unhappy inside, like, it can't fix everything. Kind of reminds me of the magicians. Yeah. With, um, Quentin. Yeah. How he, like, is all depressed and hates his family and thinks that because he goes to magic yeah, school yeah. all of a sudden then like everything's gonna be perfect and he's like oh I'm still depressed even though I have magic yeah that's like Yennefer's whole storyline basically and then she thinks that the only thing that like there's she can find the thing to f- fulfill her and it's yeah. like no it's still not going to fix the hole inside of you if you will yeah anyway, um, I could have done with a little bit less of that and of the witch the whole like witches tell yeah. cor- like that uh, whole council and council, everything yeah, yeah. You meet Triss Marigold, who was, like, a fun, quirky kind of character in the game and, like, was very she was, bland. She was the only one I was disappointed by. I really yeah. liked Triss in the game. Yeah. She was, like, a fun, fiery redhead. I really liked Kira in that sex scene, but... Hmm. Which one's Kira? The blonde. The one who could, like, her. teleport, like, at will. Was she in the show? No. She wasn't the one that, that like, got brainwashed at the end? I don't think so. I would have Maybe known. Maybe she'll be in season two. Um, hmm. So... Yeah, my biggest complaint was... There's a lot of strong episodes. There's some slow episodes and one bad episode, which is the like the dragon hunt one. Yeah, that one was, that was a just bit a strange. bad episode. That was they tried to be very The Hobbit, yeah, and it didn't quite work. I think they're trying to attract a lot of other this type of show viewers, right? Like a Game of Thrones. Viewer, I was gonna say, I Lord feel like viewer. GOT super fans will feel at home because all of these shows like have the same cadence to their dialogue. Yep. 
Like, it's just so funny. Like, they... The medievalness, the political intrigue, the yeah. way they kind of, like, grunt You say one thing, other. I'll say one thing that sort of relates, but also is a little bit funny, but a little bit dark. And yeah. we'll go back and forth like this. And, like, you don't quite know who's on whose side and who's who's related to who and whatever. Yeah. Um. You get to see some tits. <laughs> it's not overly sexual, though. No. And if anything, like, Geralt's the sexy one. There's some, yeah. like female gaze kind of thing on Geralt when he's doing fight scenes and stuff and he's yeah. like fight scenes are pretty good fight scenes were pretty solid um one biggest complaint in terms of game versus show was that you did not see him use his um igni his signs I was looking for the word signs that's yeah. like the biggest thing in the game he can, he can shoot fire out of his hand and he doesn't he use it he the blast a few times he does the blast yeah I was just impressed that like it didn't feel like you were playing a video game like it didn't feel like a video game adaptation necessarily no and that i actually did care about some of the storylines in the show that i get, couldn't give a shit about in the video game yeah so i thought it did a good job with that mm-hmm. um and it did a good job like keeping my attention yeah for the most part um game of thrones fans are happy because one of the game of thrones actors is going to be in season two. Oh yeah the bearded redheaded dude from game of thrones torment in game sure. of thrones he was one of the like, north people Okay. Whatever. Yeah. He um he apparently is going to so be in season, season two. So season two is confirmed. It is confirmed. Um, once again, I don't necessarily know all of the different storylines and the other actors and yeah. characters, so I have no idea who his character is. But there is a, a season two, so all right. I would say we'll definitely watch it. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty good wrap up. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Do we have any upcoming things? Um, I had one bad news that I forgot. Uh, this headline that you sent to me. Um, low ceiling fans are recall are recalled <laughs> because their blades can become dangerous projectiles. Is, we've already had our ceiling fan issues. We've had a ceiling fan house. saga at our new house. Uh, I don't trust Lowe's, and especially not now that their fans can become projectiles. <laughs> Moving on. Um, the Daisy Jones movie? Have you seen anything about it? No. It's going to be a Daisy Jones movie. I could see that. I gave it um, a high Sam, movie potential. Sam Claflin is going to be the um, main guy from Daisy Jones. I don't remember any of the characters from Daisy Jones. I think that's a bad sign for me. Billy. Yeah. Sam Claflin, you know who that is? No. Uh, from Hunger Games? Mm-hmm. Finnick? Mm-hmm. Sexy mermaid? Yeah. One? Mermaid? He was like the sea people one. He was from okay, like the, yeah, the no, Ocean I can district. picture it. He had like the trident. Thing. I can picture it, yeah. Anyways, and Riley Kof, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Okay, you're saying names. That's Daisy. good. <laughs> that's good. Um, did you see the modern Cinderella that's going to star John Mulaney as one of the mice? <laughs> I did not know how that sentence was going to end. I, thought, I was hoping you were just going to end with starring John Mulaney. Uh, he is Cinderella. Yeah, um, yeah I also got excited when he was going to be a pig in... Into the Spider-Verse, and he was the worst part of Into that's the Spider-Verse, true, that's so... True, that's true. Give me sneaky bad in movies. Um, Emilio Estevez is going to be in the Emilio. Mighty Ducks Disney+. Plus. I'm convinced there's going to be another one that's like the Lizzie McGuire one, where they film one and everyone walks off the set, and then they just give up on it. Yeah, but we'll talk about Disney+, Plus when we get to The Mandalorian, but I don't have a reason to subscribe right now. Okay. Stranger Things 4. There's a big twist! Fucking Hopper's fucking alive, of course he is. It's not a twist. Oh, yeah. Did he die? He's supposed to die at the end? Yeah, all of a sudden they're like, big twist, he's alive. If it was a really big twist, you would not reveal it to us in the, like, well before the season's even coming right. out. And, and everyone th- fucking knew, if there's no body, he's alive. Yeah. Um, okay, anything else? The Green Knight with Dev Patel. Uh-huh. Are you going to watch it? It's an Arthurian retelling. Okay, I'm on board. Um, people are just excited that it's not all whitewashed. Cool. Um... Hollywood. Good next, God, this is a long list. It's like a couple more. Hollywood, the right next Ryan Murphy project, and Darren Chris is in it. 
we're gonna have to watch it again oh hopefully it's not as traumatizing as the last one american crime story um and i think that's it for now i'll save my other couple for next week because i have a couple i'm really excited about and i want to talk a little longer for so okay. i'm like i'm gonna keep the people waiting oh boy save something for we're next promising week. an episode for next week oh so next week next time is what I, <laughs> I don't know that i can commit to next week stay tuned friends all right thanks for listening and i uh, will talk to you next time peace and love bye